Hey everyone, before we get started, I just wanted to let you know that Dave and Kyle at their 3.5 bleed in a little bit to this episode. They start using the term cross-class when they mean multi-class, and they drag Megan right down into that with them. So every time you hear them say cross-class, what they actually mean to say is multi-class. All right, let's get into the episode. Why do we even have rangers? <laughs> like, like are, are they support? Are they militia? Like, why? Like, what, what do we even have it for? I feel like it's just like this in-between class that... I, I think the idea of the ranger is kind of one of those things that's always been around and they're afraid to let go of. Ugh, yeah. Right? So they got to make it a little bit more flavorful. It's your, your fighter who's a little more nature-esque with a little bit of magic. Yeah, I guess so. Right? Like, it's just, it fills like three half niches without actually addressing any of them and does none of them <laughs> particularly well, but it fills those niches so we can't get rid of them. <laughs> I think it's just one of the most prototypical Dungeons and Dragons classes. Like, yeah. it's so just classic. But anyone can use it. a bow and arrow in this game. Yeah, but it's the solo guy. But, but a ranger guy is way going, more than a bow and arrow. Yeah, it's the solo guy tramping through the forest. You know, he only has himself to look out for. You just describe a druid. Yeah, not, but it's this not is more quite like the same. Yeah, druids are more like in touch. With the natural world, whereas rangers are more of a martial class. Okay. Right? Like, druids aren't running around doing that. They're casting shillelagh and summoning wolves. Fair. Right? Rangers are, although they sometimes have animal companions and such, uh, they're still they're still running around hitting with a sword, stabbing with daggers, shooting arrows, getting yeah. into the nitty gritty, hiding, stealthing, casting some spells. Yeah. You just suspect a rogue. <laughs> Yes. Anyways, I, you're gonna have, you're gonna have to prove to me that these are worth my time. Look, I'm really trying not to hate on these guys uh, because I think there are some redeeming qualities. Okay, all right. Let's right. find out. It's a mimic, the roundtable Dungeons and Dragons discussion, where you never know what you're going to get. Welcome to another episode in our conversation on classes. I'm Dave, and with me today are Kyle and Megan. And this episode is called, Not a Chore Nor a Snore to Explore the Outdoors for Your Amour is the Core of the Forest and More, so before you roar galore that you abhor or deplore some lakeshore decor that's uncalled for, you whore, we implore evermore that you see what's in store. Furthermore, this wild core born of gore, sores and war, has a score of folklore to look for, not ignore, so let's restore our rapport or this ranger encore. Fuck you, Adam. No. <laughs> <laughs> Literally 37 or sounds. Yeah. That's great, though. Isn't that great? I love that. I love it. I'm, I'm pretty sure you did that just to fuck with you. Uh, and I think I nailed it. One take right there. One. That's I the didn't first even take. practice. Yeah. yeah. Didn't even practice. Very proud. That's right. I can read. <laughs> no one says you <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah. I need it immortalized forever okay. on the internet. Fair enough. Dave can read. Dave can read. All right. <laughs> can confirm. I've seen it. <laughs> I'm going to give you a shirt. Dave, Dave can read. Uh, Dave can read. I actually have a shirt that says you can read on it. And it's probably my favorite thing. <laughs> I would be like, oh, I can. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. So we previously covered the Beastmaster Hunter and Revised Ranger from Unearthed Arcana in our first Ranger episode, which started off with a breakdown of the regular class features and level progression. 
In our second Ranger episode, we went over the Gloomstalker, Horizon Walker, and Monster Slayer, as well as the sections in Xanathar's Guide to Everything, which encouraged players to think about a Ranger's view of the world, homeland, and sworn enemy. And the last time we discussed Rangers, we talked about the huge overhaul in Tasha's Cauldron of Everything and the Beastmaster Companions featured there. You can find these episodes as well as our other class episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and dozens of other podcast apps. Or you can jump over to YouTube and dig into the entire playlist on classes that we've built there. This episode of the It's a Mimic podcast returns with even more Rangers, covering three more subclasses, the Drake Warden, the Fey Wanderer, and the Swarm Keeper. These three kinds of builds all have very different flavors to them, and they feel very unique compared to other Rangers in 5th edition so far, but this panel of Dungeon Masters is going to see if the mechanics keep them relevant and balanced, or if they should just be left to wander alone in the wilderness and fade into memory. Well, I think we know Dave's answer. Uh, yeah, I got I gotta, I gotta beat on this one. Before we get started, let's just confirm that we're going to assume that the base class build is the one out of the player's handbook. Uh, you can head back to episode 174 to hear about Tasha's options and how they might enhance your woodsy combatant. But first, have you guys ever seen an interesting or powerful ranger played at one of your tables? And if so, what subclass and race did they pick? I don't think I've ever played at a table with a straight ranger. Yeah, not in recent memory. I tried to play a Gloomstalker when I was still a UA, but, you know, yeah. Dave has a thing against that. I've, yeah, seen it, I've seen it cross-classed quite a bit. Yeah. Where they'll take it like a toe. <laughs> <laughs> and dip it in. You know yeah. what I mean? So, <laughs> uh, but I've never seen someone like say, yeah, I want to be a ranger from 1 to 20. And then no. stick to it. Yeah, I, I don't think I've seen many 5th edition rangers. There were quite a few 3.5 rangers that I played with. Uh, and they were mostly elves and half elves. Mm. Like it just mm. the the dex bonus just lends itself to it, right? Absolutely, yeah. it makes yeah. a lot of sense. Especially like the wood elf, like you get a little more out of it, right? Yeah, you can and really it, lean into the theme. And I mean, you can really build an overpowered ranger if you wanted to, because there are a lot of feats and other things that can get you the ability to make ranged attacks really well, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, but I mean, they're more than ranged attacks. Right? There's there's a lot to them, and I think that's what fifth edition kind of leaned a little more into was the spell casting side. To make them interesting. Yeah. Uh, because, I mean, going back to previous editions, um, the prestige classes really made them pop. Yeah. yeah. Right? And and I think that's going to be the case here. I think the base ranger left a little more to be desired, but the, the, the archetypes are really where they shine. Get a little mm. more oomph. Exactly. Yeah. I think one of the problems is that 5th edition doesn't really lend itself hugely well to exploration. So they don't have as big of an impact as they used to. Oh, I think that's just the style of games we've played. I think that there's lots of opportunity for exploration. Yeah, but I mean, from what I've heard from other people as well, right? This isn't just my personal... Sure, if you're wandering around the jungles of Chult, Mm. you'll probably get some good use out of a ranger. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Their spells are going to lead to that that survivalist style to be a little more useful, right? Because if you think about like a dungeon crawl and you're in the middle of a dungeon crawl where like the the paths are narrow and there's traps everywhere. Sure, you you might be the makeshift rogue for finding traps and those kinds of things, but being a ranged character like is very, very difficult in small spaces. Yeah. So again, to your point, Dave, I feel like the flavorful additive of the spell casting and other archetypes make them relevant in a very... 
I don't know, 5th edition I feel is very dungeon crawl heavy if you use modules. Mm. Oh, of course. So, I don't know. I feel like it's very helpful. But, yeah. Anyways. Thoughts? Uh, yeah. I mean, yes. 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 Yes, I have thoughts. Yeah. yeah. I can read <laughs> and I have thoughts. <laughs> Let it be known. I can read and I have thoughts. <laughs> Therefore, I am. Right? Uh, before we get into it, though, let's break down the base ranger class, though, just so we all are on the same page here. Uh, they do get a 1d10 for their hit dice, which I really liked the 3.5. I think it was a d8, so they're a little beefier in this. Yep. That's on par with a fighter. That's what I like. I like to see that. You think of rangers as, as background archers, that kind of thing. But no, no, they can get up and in there. and, and... I would say you automatically think they're going to be squishy because they're ranged, but... No, no. not necessarily. They, yeah. they do other things, too, yeah. right? Uh, they are, their strength and dex are their two saves, so that's what they get. Uh, and at first level, they get the favored enemy ability, okay? And this just gives them advantage on wisdom uh, for survival to track, uh, and advantage on intelligence to remember info about their favored enemies, right? Like, if you, if your favorite enemy is goblins, you're probably going to know what goblin footprints look like. You're probably going to be able to follow them a little bit easier than, than other kinds, right? Yeah. Makes mm -hmm. sense. Uh, you also get to learn their language, and you do get additional favorite enemies at 6th and 14th level. So you can kind of let this evolve with your character. Uh, say you're in a dungeon where you start getting more of a particular kind of creature, you can lend yourself more towards that. I, I kind of like that feature. I don't think in previous editions you necessarily got to pick additional favorite enemies, so being able to do up to 3 is kind of nice. Mm -hmm. It takes mm -hmm. a while, but it's nice. Uh, you also get the Natural Explorer ability, which you choose a favorite terrain, when you make checks related to the terrain, your proficiency bonus is doubled. Uh, and things like difficult terrain is negated when you're in that terrain. Uh, you can't become lost unless there's magic involved. Stuff like that. It just allows you to get around a little bit easier. Hmm. At second level, you get a fighting style, which there are four of them. There's archery, which gives you a plus two to attack bonus with ranged weapons. Uh, you get defense, which is a plus one to AC if you're wearing armor. Dueling, which is plus two to a damage roll with one-handed melee weapons, and two-weapon fighting, which you get to add your ability modifier to your second attack, which I really like two-weapon fighting. That that makes up for a lot of their shortcomings, I think. If I was going to pick one, I think that's probably be the one I would pick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I like the idea of the up-close hand-to-hand rather than the sit in the back and shoot a bow. Anybody can do that. In fact, when spellcasters become useless, that's what they do. So... If the best I can do is the same as a useless spellcaster... <laughs> that was shot at Casey or <laughs> It wasn't supposed to be. I'm sorry. I love it. I just I think that there's more, you know, like it's... There's more options. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, also, at second level, you get the ability to cast spells. You don't get cantrips, and the max you get is fifth level spells. And it takes a while to unlock the next level. You get stuck on first, second, third, and fourth level spells for a little while. Uh, and, of course, with a ranger, you're a wisdom-based caster. Mm -hmm. So you're using that for your stuff. Uh, at third level, you're going to pick your archetype. To go over them just again real quick, there's the Beastmaster and the Hunter of the Player's Handbook. There's the Fey Wanderer and the Swarm Keeper out of Tasha's. The Gloom, there's Gloomstalker, Horizon Walker, and Monster Slayer out of Xanathar's Guide to Everything, and Drake Warden and Fizzbands. All right, so that's what we got so far. Uh, and these all give boons at level 3, 7, 11, and 15. Okay. Also at third level, you get Primeval Awareness, which allows you to sense whether uh, dragons, elementals, celestials, fey, fiends, undead, or aberrations are within one mile. Or if you're in your favorite terrain, it's six, within six miles. It costs an action to, to perform this, so you can't just like automatically know. You got to do it. 
Uh, you only get one per day. You get it back on a long rest. But, and I kind of like this feature, I haven't seen this in other classes, if you use a spell slot, you can regain that ability. So you mm -hmm. can burn a slot to, to do that. Yeah. Uh, at fourth level, you get the standard ability score increase with a feat. At fifth level, you get an extra attack. At sixth level, you get uh, another favorite enemy, and you get another bonus to your natural explorer uh, ability. At seventh level, you get another archetype ability. At eighth, you get land stride, which allows you to move through difficult terrain easier, and you get advantage on saves against magical plants. Think like Entangle. If you have to make a save to get through that, you get advantage on it. I got like magical plants. Yeah. Right? It's very specific to plants. Yeah, the magical plants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, at level nine, you get absolutely nothing. Uh, except the access to third level spells. So that's kind of what you're getting there. Uh, I don't really like that you don't get an ability. It seems like it's kind of weak, a little bit lacking there. Yeah, but, uh, but you do get the spells, right? Yeah, and I feel like when we get into it, like the subclasses are very front-loaded. Mm -hmm. so yeah, that's fair. I feel like you're not really missing out on anything by not getting anything in level 9. That's a fair yeah. assessment. They get something like every other level too, though. Sure. I mean, I just... There's a lot of class features. It just seems weird because you're like level 9. You've reached level 9 with a character. It seems weird that you would not suddenly cross class because all you're going to get is a third level spell. When you're looking down the chart in the in the PHB, and it says ninth level, proficiency bonus, whatever, and then it says ability, and there's just a dash, that's that's wrong. You should be getting something there. Yeah, right? Like, that's just... You're, you're, you're progressing. You, you, should, you should get more than... 10 hit points and a couple of and one spell. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, okay, so I currently play a sorcerer and you don't get any class features between 6 and 14. Like, yeah. So I don't think it's that far off the mark if you're just missing one thing in I, a I, steady. I mean, I guess I understand, but it just it seems like it, I just, I just feel like there should be something at every level. That in the in spell casting seems kind of cheap and easy, right? I'm going to yeah. get spells Anyways, like the, there's so much you can do with a ranger. Why is it this? Mm. Right? Why why do we have a blank space? I just feel like they could be more interesting because they probably need it. Not wrong. Right? Yeah. I, I yeah. I mean, I have I have different opinions on what I don't like about it, but yeah, fair it's enough. Neither here nor there. Oh, uh, where is it? Over oh, it's yonder. Home. Over yonder. <laughs> home. All right. Uh, at 10th level, you get another Natural Explorer Enhancement and Hide in Plain Sight. Uh, this allows you to create camouflage for yourself. If you spend a minute gathering sticks and stuff, you can kind of blend into your surrounding areas. But the second you move take an, or take an action, uh, you lose this advantage as well. And it just gives you a plus 10 to your stealth check. All right, so it's neat, but a minute's a long time. And not being able to move... I feel like it's like a, a trap setup or like it's something that you have time to do. This isn't really, that's not really a combat move. Yeah, this is a, I know they're coming. I'm going to spend a minute, you know, hiding here. You know, and we're going to ambush the guys on the road yeah. as they're coming through, right? Like it's. Yeah, but you can still attack. You just can't move, right? Uh, no, it's, as soon as you make an action, you lose your stealth. All right. Yeah. So you just hide while the rest of the party dies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it takes you a minute to do it. So if you're in combat, that's 10 fucking rounds of oh, not moving. Okay. I'm sitting there watching your friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's not a combat thing. This yeah. is an out of combat thing. Uh, well, could be. I wonder if you take an extra minute, can you help your friend hide too? So 20 rounds. Right? Combat. If you've got this ability to disguise yourself, if you're like, hey, get up against this fucking wall. I'm going to dress you up. Do not fucking move. Until the bad guys pass, do you think maybe they get the bonus too? Maybe. Maybe? 
Okay, then why is this a 10th level ranger ability? What does it say only on yourself, or does it say any creature or person of your choice? Self. Really? Yep. Oh. Yeah, that does seem really stupid. I would allow it. If I was a DM, I would be like, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But it would be the same thing. It would take one minute to do it, and that person can't move or take an action. Like, it would be the same thing. Yeah, it would be similar, but I think you should be able to fudge it a little bit. Hide your whole team. Maybe not give them the plus 10, maybe a plus 8. Yeah. You know, yeah. or or five or something, right? Make Fair it enough. make it work. Yeah. Maybe, or like minus two for every creature you're hiding. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. I just I just like the idea of of pumping up these a little bit and working them to be a little more in depth. Yeah, right? Party centric. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, at eleventh level you get an archetype feature. At twelfth you get another uh, ASI bonus or a feat. At thirteenth level you get access to fourth level spells. Fourteenth level you get another favored enemy in the ability called Vanish. Uh, which means you get a bonus action to hide, and you cannot be magically tracked. Okay? That's cool. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. You can't be tracked non-magically. They can use magic to track you. Okay. But okay. but like you, I'll they can't like, just Fuck follow you, your, wizard. Yeah, <laughs> and, right. <laughs> uh, at fifteenth level, they get the archetype feature again. At sixteenth, you get the ASI bonus and, and feats. Seventeenth level, you get fifth level spells. And at 18th level, you get Feral Senses. <clears throat> uh, what Feral Senses does is when you're up against an opponent you can't see, you normally have disadvantage. This would negate the disadvantage. Mm. Uh, you are able to be aware of invisible creatures that are within 30 feet. It doesn't say see. It says be aware. The the Feral Senses, you can smell them over here. So yeah. you don't get that... that uh, Your hearing that is really penalty. good. or Exactly. Yeah. You can hear them walking, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's actually a pretty awesome ability. I like that, but it's very, very specific. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you only get it when you're 15th level, which is when you're going to be fighting... 18th level. 18th level? Yeah. Yeah. Right? That's high. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And the archetypes are where you're going to get your shit. Exactly. Right? And and I'm just buzzing over those, right? Yeah. Same with with the uh, favorite enemy increase and the the, the terrain and stuff. Yeah, like a favorite enemy increase is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and again, the other thing I'm buzzing over is the ASIs and the feats. Honestly, as a ranger, I'm probably going to go with more feats than ability score That's increase. Fair. Yeah, uh, just to just to flavor it up that little bit more. Yeah. And you do get another run of them at level 19 as well. So that's kind of neat. Uh, at 20th level, you get the Foe Slayer, which uh, just allows you to add your Wisdom modifier to attack or damage against your favorite enemy. Uh, and you get to pick this after your initial roll. Uh, you don't have to. You can do it before, or you can do it after. And at this yeah. point, you would have two. Two favorite enemies? Uh, at this point, you'd have three. Three. Yeah. Three total by the time you hit level 20. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Although, can't you split them? So it's like aberration, celestial, blah, 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 blah. Or you can pick two humanoids instead. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So you could have up to six if you went all humanoids. Uh, anyways, now that we know what the base ranger is, why don't we roll initiative to uh, see who goes first and do in our subclasses? Yeah, yeah. sure. All right. Throw it out. Let me just lean forward in the screen here. <laughs> Stop it, you're distracting me. Ooh, I oh, I got a 20. I rolled a 19. I was like, oh, I just talk. I don't want to keep talking. Yeah. Thank you, Megan. You're very fucking welcome, Thank Dave. Thank you. I can read. Um. <laughs> you sure can, I sweetheart. Sh- oh, okay. Proud of you. Condescending AF, but that's fine. <laughs> All right, I get to talk about the Fae Wanderer, which I thought was really, you know, cool for me. I think it's really nice. I think it's really fun. Yeah. Um, all right. So these rangers are imbued with fey energies. You know, that sounds pretty accurate. Uh, you can kind of get creative how this happens uh, in your backstory. So 
like eating a poisonous apple or, you know, connecting with yourself with like, it's just a, something that you can get creative with or Tasha's does have a couple of options in it for kind of like how you become imbued with fey magic. Um, and as a fey wanderer, you represent both the material plane as well as the fey realm. So you kind of can guide, glide between the two of them is kind of the thought process, depending how high you level yourself up into it. Um, it's kind of said that you invoke happiness and cheer for those around you. I think that when I think Faye, Faye are so fucked up, I feel like you can go in either direction with that. Yeah. I don't think you have to be happy-go-lucky. I feel like you can be a crazy, twisted, fucked up fairy person. Sad-go-unlucky. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely unlucky. And you can switch on a die. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I think so. Because um, I don't know, anytime I've ever dealt with the Fae or the Fae Wilds, it's always been a very negative experience. So I don't know if I was to build one that was a Fae Wanderer, I wouldn't make them a happy-go-lucky person. Or if I did, it would be because they were batshit fucking crazy. Yeah, they're happy for all the wrong reasons. One hundred percent. My favorite. Kyle. Characters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So <clears throat> as I mentioned earlier, um, I find that these archetypes tend to be very front-loaded. So you do get quite a lot of stuff right away at level three. Uh, the first thing you get is Dreadful Strikes, which um, physically, when you hit someone with a weapon, you get an extra D4 of psychic damage, which checks out Fey, Fey Wild, mental bullshit. Mm. Um, this damage can only be taken once per turn, and then this does increase to a 1D6 at level 11, but that's it. That's as far as it goes. Which doesn't seem that spectacular, however, I find there are very few classes that legitimately deal psychic damage. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not very many. If I try and like no. pinpoint like, it, Knight or something. Yeah, like unless you specifically take spells that do psychic damage, it's not really necessarily imbued in your character. Yeah, right. Um, you also, of course, get a list of fun face spells that you can use. Um, there is a chart in Tasha that outlines the spells you get, but just as a small breakdown, at level three you get Charm Person, at level five you get Misty Step, at level nine you get Dispel Magic, at level thirteen you get Dimension Door, and at level seventeen you get Mislead. Which is the one where you basically become invisible and then you're replaced by another like physical aberration of yourself. This this sounds like a more happy go lucky. I hate using like that. a trickster. I was okay. gonna say kind of like an arcane trickster without the as much arcane. Yeah, it's very mm-hmm. roguey. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Okay, absolutely. Um, you also get a Feywild blessing or gift. Um, again, there's a table in Tasha's that you could roll on for some fun ideas. Um, but of course, as I like to consider, your DM can help you kind of flavor this to go with your character. Some options for some ideas, um, what it would look like is you smell like lavender and cinnamon as you walk around, or your shadow dances around while you're not looking, or just other kind of cutesy things that can happen. It's more of like a flavorful text thing. It doesn't really do anything for your character. It's just, it's just there. Yeah. Just exists. A little more flavor for your... Yeah, so I feel like depending on what kind of character you build, like, you can come up with something fun and flavorful between you and your DM. Um, and then also at third level, you get otherworldly glamour. Um, you are naturally charming, which means you get to add your wisdom mod to any charisma check you need to make. That seems like a weird stat for a ranger, which I think it, what I, is what I like about it, because the fae is giving you that side you don't normally see. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. right? It's like you're leaning into bard, rogue, like all of these other, like you're, you're basically leaning into one direction or the other without having to cross class. Yeah. Is how I feel it. But you're still getting the benefit of the martial class as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. right. All right. Um, and then along with this, you also get proficiency in either deception, performance, or persuasion, which again, I feel very, is very bard-esque. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think this one, it's 
kind of pushing you towards a face roll for the ranger. Yeah. Which, if you're playing in a very, like, martial class group, might be very helpful. Yeah. Um, or it might be a deterrent because they're trickstery, and you don't want them to be the face of your group because you're going to piss people off. No, true. So, I feel like this is the kind of one where you can almost accidentally lean into, like, chaotic stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's never far off to begin with. Uh, okay? Not with our group of folks, no. anyways, for sure. Um, at level 7, you get Beguiling Twist. So this means that your brain is protected by fey magic. So you have advantage on saving throws against being charmed or frightened by others. Um, also, if you or a creature um, has succeeded on a saving throw against being charmed or frightened, you can use a reaction to basically reverse Uno that shit and make them do a wisdom check and then they are frightened or charmed of you. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I like the reverse Uno reference. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry, you're trying to do what? Uh, <laughs> no, you. No, you. <laughs> come to my house playing those games? Yeah, absolutely <laughs> not. I gotta come for your brain. Uh, anyways, at 11th, at 11th level, you gain Fey reinforcement. So basically, the Fey will come to your aid by t- um, teaching you summon Fey. Um, so it doesn't count against your ranger spells known, and you can cast once without expending a spell slot once per long rest, and also does not require any components. So when I looked up Summon Fae, it's pretty simple. It's a concentration spell of up to an hour. You call upon a fairy spirit um, that uses the Fae spirit stat block, which is within the text, and you can um, basically choose how it looks. So I feel like as a DM, I would say whatever it is you summoned is probably going to be the same summon every time. That's something that I would like to do because I feel like it can be very flavorful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, you choose its mood. And then its mood actually determines its stat block and gives a different um, bonus or boon. So mm-hmm. you can choose between fuming, mirthful, and tricksy. So fuming, you get an extra attack roll. Uh, for mirthful, it can charm people. And if you choose Trixie, you can cast Magical Darkness. Okay. Which is a weird segue for me. Yeah. But then again, if I'm trying to think of, like, the fact that if you make it to this level, you have all the Trixie spells. So it's not like Trixie is going to be... It it has a spell that you don't have, which is casting Magical Darkness, unless you take a spell that casts Magical Darkness. But it's not within your actual built character to have that. This Mm. seems just like a Trixie... I don't know, assassin? Yeah. Only with a D10 hit die? Yeah. Yeah. It, like Again, like it feels like a, it can go either way. You, this is a bard. This is a rogue. This is a blend of bard and rogue. This is a warlock. This is a great yeah. way to start cro- cross-classing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, but to add to that, as um, for the fey reinforcements, you can actually modify the spell so that you can you don't have to concentrate on it, but it will only last for a minute. So if you want it to quickly pop out for one minute in battle, which is ten fucking rounds, yeah. you don't have to concentrate on it. That's useful. Yeah. Yeah. That's super great. Because it does read very much as like a... So if you throw it a fuming, that gets basically gives you an extra attack. Um, that's pretty good for ten rounds. And you don't have to concentrate on it. It's just there. No, don't get awesome. me wrong. The stat block, it does have a dice pool. So if it does get hit, it, will, it could die within those ten rounds. But like I feel like that's pretty... Pretty dope. Okay. Um, at 15th level, and finally, you do get your Misty Wanderer. So basically, you are a planeswalker in my brain, because uh, you can shift between your um, current plane and the Fey plane. 
Um, Just specifically those two? Yes. So okay. wherever you are now and then the Fae, the Fae Wilds, okay. basically. Um, and you can Misty Step without expending a spell slot and you can bring someone with you. Ooh, a friend. Yeah. Yeah, and you can do this um, up to your wisdom modifier per long rest. So if you wanted to drag your team into the Feywild because you're about to die due to a big bad evil guy, and you've got like three or four people on your team, wisdom modifiers three or four, you just nightcrawler nightcrawler bamf everybody out, and you just say, okay, we're fucking out of here, right? All right, all right. (laughs) And then into the new nightmare that is the Feywild. That is the Feywild, absolutely. Nothing ever goes bad in the Feywild. Again, every Mm. time I've ever been in the Feywild, it's been a fucking nightmare. (laughs) 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 But I actually do like how flavorful and how cute this is, but again, it does feel like other, like you could do this with other types of builds and other types of characters, but because you are a ranger, I think it just becomes a very different flavor. Yeah. Because you are now a martial class. You're not necessarily a warlock or a druid or what have you. Mm-hmm. You are you are legitimately built to deal damage, but for some reason you are now the face of the group every once in a yeah. while. And you're also a really good support as well, right? Yeah. Adding your ability to just charm someone else if someone succeeds a throw. Yeah. It doesn't even matter who does it. It's not even that. It's it's the ability to go to your friend who's down, mm-hmm. transport somewhere else, teleport somewhere else, heal them, and then go back. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, that's invaluable. Yeah. Right? I was trying to figure out, like, what kind of, in, like, uh, pop culture where this would fit. And weirdly enough, Nightcrawler was the only one I could think of because of that last, that, that little bamf in and out kind of thing. Because, like, yeah. when I think rangers... I can't really think of any other rangers in like specific pop culture that have like fairy and or magical capabilities. Yeah, these guys seem a little more aloof. Yes. Right, mm-hmm. and I yeah I don't I don't can't remember of an aloof ranger. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because this isn't going to be your Legolas, you know, like yeah. it's not it doesn't fit, even though it's an elf, but still. But yeah, I couldn't really think of anything that. Um, I'm sure there's many people in our audience who could think of a thousand different pop culture references that could fit this Fey Wanderer. And make ranger. sure you yeah. let no- Adam know every single one of them. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. Okay. Megan's an idiot. She his no personal email address. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, his phone number is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Text is the best way to get a hold of him. Especially um, at three in the morning. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it for the Fey Wanderer. All right, let's. Uh, I got a couple questions. Let's roll some dice and see who gets to answer them first. Okay. Oh, 18. Hot dog. I got an 11. Kyle, you're up first. Uh, What stat race or background clearly synergizes well with this build? Well, I mean, it seems really elfy to me. Yeah. Yeah. But I also really like the satyr for it because I like the mercurial kind of attitude. Very fey-esque already. Yeah. Yeah. And But I also like the hobgoblin. I'm not sure if it would be the most optimal build but they're already kind of fate touched as well and they're kind of crafty and yeah yeah, yeah. right they can and be then, a little charismatic they can be a, a, a voice of a party right yeah so oh. i thought they were really fun uh for backgrounds i think noble would be my number one noble yeah because i like it for yeah the face of a party and i think it would be kind of fun like you were kidnapped as a kid from your rich parents and then you were returned later some sort of thing. I just feel like you would know the ins and outs of any sort of social situation you go to. You yeah. would know how to act if you went to a royal ball, and then you also know how to act when you go to the slums of a city kind of thing. Yeah, fair enough. Fair, yeah. 
I like that. You know, I, I really, with these guys, I get the feeling that these are going to cross-class very well with a rogue. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If I'm going to play one of these, I'm probably not going to play purely one of these. I'm not going to see it all the way through. I'm probably going to start with a rogue. And then once I realize that I'm probably a little more frontline fightery, uh, get that extra D10 hit die in there, get a couple of the extra abilities, and really spice it up a little bit. I think it really just blends well together with an assassin. I think you could, you know, as, as neat and fey-esque as these are, I think you could probably be a little shadowy with them too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? I think there's there's both ends of the spectrum on that one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was thinking, because I was on the same lines of trying to do something more fey-esque, so I was thinking like a furball would be a lot of fun yeah. with this. And then I would like cross-class it with like a battle master fighter just to make it extra more like fighty. And so you would never expect that they're going to be like this charming idiot that's going to get into your brain. Yeah. Yeah. I like bard for it too, cross-classing into bard. Honestly, and, and Megan, you mentioned before warlock. I think I think we nailed it. I think that the cross-class side of this is where the success is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because again, like this, you only get benefits in this class up to level fifteen. And to be honest with you, the ability to bamf in and out is not so. The level fifteen isn't necessarily, in my mind, overly useful to do fifteen points in a Fey Wanderer. I mean, yeah. if you're a part arcane trickster, don't you get the ability to magically move between planes and X? Well, like under? Misty Step without. I believe so. Maybe not Arcane Trickster, but I, you know, there's a Misty Step in, in the like. You can get it from somewhere else, is what I'm getting. Well, because you already get Misty Step early on. It just yeah. isn't um, between free. planes. Okay. And mm-hmm. it's not free. You just get, you, you learn it as a spell. It's in your spell. So you, you can Misty Step. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, for taking this at level three. So you get about, again, it's very oh, that front loaded. Fi- that 15th level, though, like being able to go to that other plane and, and take someone with you, heal them up, and get back in time to, you know, keep, keep going is it's incredible. Yeah. Especially but if you're going back to the Feywild when time doesn't necessarily work in a linear fashion yeah what will that do to the encounter that you're a part of right like i'm not sure i would maybe think about that too much if i was a player but as a dm i'm all over that absolutely counting what's happening oh you already all of a sudden you come back it's only been around sorry but there's no one there is that thing in action or a bonus action uh i believe it is an action so if you wanted to teleport heal, and then teleport back. That's three full rounds. It's going to take you to right. heal that guy up and bring so him back. 18 seconds. Maybe that's 18 minutes. Maybe you come back and the battle's over. The barbarian's dead on the floor. Mm. The yeah. wizard is ripped in two. The city has fallen. Now yeah. what? I love it. Yeah, well, right. you can do with this. Yeah. Or even building a bad, big bad evil guy that is built like this mm-hmm. and then can bamf your players out. Oh, and leave them stuck in the Feywild? And wild? leave them either stuck in the Feywild or bamf them out <laughs> Take 10 rounds, like, basically murder them in the Feywild and bring them back just bloodied and yeah. gone. Yeah, this, this would be a good way to, to further the, the plot line. You can you can really jump around with it. Yeah. Like you said, if you have, like, a band of these guys, maybe everybody gets captured and all of a sudden you wake up somewhere else. Hmm? Interesting. Mm-hmm. I like this. Indeed, Are, indeed, indeed, indeed. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. The more we talk, the more I like. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, in your opinion, what are the strengths of this class when it comes to role-playing? Uh, honestly, all of it. Yeah. I think the whole class lends itself to role playing. I mean, it's an excellent face. It's got, uh, it gets proficiency and a bunch of skills that you can use for it. And it also just seems super fun to do the, like, you know, super happy go lucky one second and then murderously angry the next. Yeah. 
right? When you know your party knows you're about to go into a sensitive like dialogue, you can just imagine me like, no, no, hold, stay back here. <laughs> Yeah. Don't let him say anything. <laughs> Keep his mouth shut. Yeah. Yeah. You're just waiting for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I think this really does lend itself uh, to the role play part of, of the game. Like when you look at the three pillars, the role play pillar is, is what I think this is geared towards. This is extra flavor. This allows you to, to kind of flesh out your character a little bit better. Uh, it gives you a more defined sense of who your character is as opposed to your standard ranger. Uh, you think a ranger, you think forests, you think climbing trees, you think bows and arrows. That's not what I think with this. Mm-mm. But mm-hmm. you're still, but you're still a ranger, and and I, I like that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Absolutely. And I would say, like when you look at it, there's nothing that feels overpowered. Because mm-hmm. I feel like you have to be a very smart player to take advantage of all that you have to, that's offered here. Like it's, I I would not play this as a beginner player, and that's only just because again the role playing is very strong, and you have to have a lot of conscious knowledge of how social interactions happen in D&D mm-hmm. and what is um, usable out of combat, what's usable within combat, how long things take. Like, there's a lot to take into consideration when using the abilities that are here. So I don't think it's overpowered, but I also just feel like you need to be able to, like, it's one of those ones that I will forget 90% of what I have yeah. if I was a new player. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I've been pitching the whole uh, cross-class side of it. If you're a new player, yeah. That's going to be overwhelming. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I don't think this is your... If you want to, absolutely. If it like piques your interest, absolutely dig into it. But it's one of those ones that would take a lot of research to be able to utilize and play well in a campaign, yeah. I think. And not be just a, a dick. Yeah. 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 Uh, any potential oversights or mechanical imbalances? Yeah, the seventh level ability is too... I, I don't think it's worded well enough. I mean, obviously, it would depend on how often your DM and your party uses charmed or frightened spells, but it has no limits on how many times you can use it. It doesn't specify that it has to be a friendly party member that gets uh, tempted to be charmed or frightened. Um, and so you can just do it in a loop. It just says whenever someone. Well, it's, you have to use it as a reaction. So if you're in battle, you can only use it once per round. Oh, okay. I missed yeah. that part. Yeah. So it's basically like your reaction to someone doing it to you is doing it back to them. Yeah. So, but if you're out of combat mm-hmm. and you're not tracking reactions, technically, yeah, you could use it whenever the hell you want. Yeah. But even if it's, so I cast charm on, or a charm person on a, a creature that I'm fighting, they pass the save so that I can just do it to another creature that's within 120 feet of it. So you can effectively, potentially cast it twice. On any of your turns. What? Right? So let's say I get, you get char- Charm Person at third level. So I cast it. Oh, okay. So okay. yes, because you are casting it on your turn. Yeah. And then if it tries to cast, yes, yes. If they succeed, then I can use my reaction right away to move it to another creature. So, yeah. so by doing it two different ways, you're getting the same effect twice in the same round? Yeah. Yeah. And then you could use it in another round. Yeah. Sure. I, I can see why that might be overpowered. But I also think that that might be the joy of the class. Yeah, true. Yeah. Right? If, if you're going to go up against something that you know has a frightened effect, like a, something that's got a layer action that's going to be frightened as soon as you get in front of it, like a dragon. Yeah. Right? Uh, with a frightful presence. Maybe maybe that's this is what you want for that, right? Maybe this is the character you're going to tailor make to get that to happen. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. All right. Look, I genuinely think that the ranger is probably, at its core, one of the most... I don't want to say it's bad, but it's not the most interesting of the base classes. This really changes that. And I think that maybe things that might seem a little overpowered 
just actually give this a little bit more meaning yeah. and make it a little bit more interesting. So I, I, I think it's okay. You know, I don't think there's anything too wrong with it. No. It's, okay, so my biggest issue with the Ranger class is that I feel like no matter what subclass you pick, you're always playing the same basic Ranger. There's just, there's so many class features that you have. And then there's only four subclass features you get. You get two level threes, one level seven, and then a level 15. Uh, technically, Fae Wanderer gets one, two, three, four. Yeah. At level three. Oh. Don't get me wrong. The fourth one is just a little flavor. That's the one yeah. where you can get smell like cinnamon if you oh, want to. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's in there. It's in there, but it's still like... You like don't... with the right creative character, that can be powerful. It's true. Uh, yeah, I guess. I just... I don't know. That's the thing that bugs me most about it is that I don't feel like there is enough flavor in each individual subclass sure I, I, yeah it, it really targets a particular niche yeah like that's just that's what it is right yeah yeah <laughs> i want to be a fairy that is what this one is with a bow yeah, yeah. <laughs> i would like to attack you as a fairy <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to change pace just a little bit and I want to remind everybody out there that Halloween is around the corner. And while you yourself may not be going out and trick-or-treating and getting a whole bunch of candy, one thing that you can think about is Halloween shops are open right now. And this is a gold mine for D&D props and costumes. And yes, elf ears are available all of the time through Amazon. But when else are you going to find cheap spirit glue? Or really spooky containers. Vampire fangs for less than five bucks. Players, go out and buy a foam sword. And foam bow. And foam axe. This is a great opportunity to jump out and flesh out, not necessarily just cosplay if you're not into that, but if you want to bring something unique and fun or funny to the table, now is the opportunity to go out and hit the stores and see what 5, 10, 15 bucks can pick you up as far as D&D props go for your table. And Dungeon Masters, this is honestly a gold mine as well. Uh, I've been walking around myself because I'm working in a Halloween store right now, so that's why this is forefront in my brain. And let me tell you, there are all sorts of things that I wish that I could pick up and buy for... There are prop rings for knights and and nobles and voodoo priests and witches and like there's also I could go out I could buy ten rings and then make it hey here's a quest go get these rings this is the this is the MacGuffin for the next three levels worth of play and then literally hand the rings out at my table if I'm playing online the look on my players' faces as I sit down in a wig and full costume or all of a sudden I'm revealed to be a vampire and uh, I turn away from the camera for a moment pop those teeth in turn back and DM with the teeth for the next three minutes this is memorable DMing have fun and because it's Halloween the stuff is cheap and because it's Halloween it's a good excuse to be a little bit silly about stuff but if you want to be spooky now you can go buy black lights as well. You can go buy flickering electric candles and things like that to give you more atmosphere to your room or your table. There's all sorts of spooky sounds that you can find online. This is D&D Christmas. Go out there and explore. This message has been brought to you by capitalism. <laughs> Second subclass, who's next? Was it me? You. Excellent. I got the Drake Warden, 
And uh, let me tell you, this is the first time I actually opened Fizz Bands and looked inside. And it's... <laughs> and, just, and looked inside. Yeah. Oh, it, it is. I love it. It's great. Right? Uh, one thing I always complained about with Dungeons and Dragons is there's too much dungeon and not enough dragon. Fair. And they did it. Right? Nailed it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> the beginning of the Drake Warden, there's a quote. They say that rangers tend to look a lot like their bestial companions. That makes Drake Wardens among the most attractive of humanoids. <laughs> quote right from Fizban. All right, so these guys are... Thirsty-ass dragons. Yeah. Thirsty dragons. Yeah. Okay. Right? They love it. Move over, bard. <laughs> <laughs> Drake Warden bard. Sexy AF. Wow. Uh, now, the Drake Warden, essentially what it is, uh, your affinity to nature allows you to conjure up some sort of dragon spirit that manifests itself into a drake. And as your power increases, it does as well. The Drake Warden Origins, though, it kind of gives you... Well, not kind of. It gives you a, a D6 table here. You can kind of pick your origin, where you came from, how you got your powers. I just to pick a couple. A secret order of rangers who collect and guard draconic lore taught you their ways. You ingested a few drops of dragon blood, forever infusing your nature magic with draconic power. Mm -hmm. Or you had a vivid dream of a mysterious figure accompanied by seven yellow canaries who warned you of impending doom. When you awoke, your drake was there watching you. So the thing to me is there has to be an inciting event. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In order to get this, you, there, there, it's not just, I've leveled up, what do I do now? Well, what's a thing? No, there's there's a there's a thing. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. with both, like most of their archetypes of the ranger, it's like a, something that happens to you. Yeah, there's a spiritual aspect yeah, to it. very much right? so. At third level uh, with the Drake Warden, your first ability that you get is the Draconic Gift, and you learn to speak, read, and write Draconic. All right, you'll be able to, to read, uh, which is what I can do. You can read. Yeah. I can read. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, with the Draconic Gift, you learn the Thaumaturgy spell as a cantrip. Yeah. Uh, at third level, you also get the Drake Companion. The AC for it is 14 plus your proficiency bonus. Uh, your proficiency bonus is actually going to be quite important for your Drake Companion because the proficiency bonus comes up all the time. All right. Okay. For hit points, you get five plus five times your Ranger level, and the Drake has a number of hit dice which are equal to your ranger level, and it gets D10s as well. So it gets a lot of healing as well, okay? Mm. Uh, its speed is 40 feet, but note it only is a walking speed at this point. Uh, strength is a 16, dex is a 12, cons a 15, wisdom is a 14, and intelligence and charisma are below a 10. Uh, so they're, they're more fighty than they are intelligent. It's a pretty good stat block, though. Not yeah. bad, not bad. Uh, they are immune to whatever the drake's draconic essence is. All right, and they also get dark vision up to 60 feet, uh, and they know Draconic, which tells me that they can also speak Draconic. So you can have a back and forth. That's not the case with other drakes. They would understand Draconic, but they can't speak it. Got you. Okay? Mm -hmm. That's cool. Uh, now, this Draconic essence that I'm talking about, when you summon the drake, you choose a damage type, uh, and that type determines the drake's damage immunity and the damage of its infused strike trait. Okay? The infused strike trait is a reaction. When another creature within 30 feet of the drake that it can see hits a target with a weapon attack, the drake infuses the strike with its essence, causing the target to take an extra 1d6 damage of the type determined by the essence. So you pick lightning, the extra damage is lightning damage, and it's immune to lightning so it damage, is, right? So I've seen this come up a few times where it's like, choose your damage type. Um, would you for this, because it's your pet, 
do you think that you would give your player the ability to choose its damage type when it is summoned, or would you make it them choose one at character creation and that is the damage type they are going forward? Funny you ask. It gets into it. Okay, tell me. Uh, you use an action to summon it, and it goes on your turn. It uses your initiative order going after you. Okay. Okay. When you summon it, you, you pick its, its kind, but you can keep summoning them. Okay. Now, you can only summon once per long rest, but again, you can burn additional spell slots to summon it again. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it lasts for a long time mm -hmm. until it's reduced to zero hit points. You summon a new one or you die. Okay. So at any point, you can have your lightning drake and then summon a fire drake and then summon a poison drake oh. and summon a new drake to fit whatever you're doing. Okay. Okay. So you, you do get that option to change it as you go. Okay. All right. Uh, when the drake does disappear, it drops all the items it was carrying. Uh, in addition to that, the seventh level ability for it is Bond of Fang and Scale. The drake gains wings and a flying speed, which is equal to its walking speed. In addition to that, the drake also grows to medium size. And if you are a medium or smaller creature, you can now ride your drake. Dope. However, it cannot fly when you ride it. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. uh, you also get the ability Magic Fang. When the drake bites, it deals 1d6 extra damage. Uh, so it just does 2d6 instead of 1d6 at this mm -hmm. point. In addition to this, you also gain resistance to the essence type. So this is where it might be beneficial to actually say you're going up against, I don't know, fire giants. So maybe you summon the drake so that you're actually taking less fire damage. Mm -hmm. As opposed, because now your, your drake's going to be doing fire damage, so it won't be as effective. But you can use it defensively to gain resistance to the type you're up against. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Uh, at 11th level, you gain Drake's Breath. Uh, you gain a Breath Weapon. It costs you an action to do. It's a 30-foot cone. Uh, your opponent gets a deck save for half, and it does 8d6 damage. You get to choose the damage type, and it does not need to match the essence of the Drake that you currently have. Okay? So sorry, is this that you can do it, or your Drake can do it? You can do it. I don't much care for that. Because you have to consider that you're still a ranger. So you're not always going to be right up against them. So a 30-foot cone, in my mind, is going to be very specific to a use, or you're going to have to get closer to the battle to do so. Don't get me wrong, we did discuss that rangers are a little bit more beefier than your classic, like, squishy-distanced class. But that just seems a little bit weird to me, that you're going to want to run into battle to be able to use this breath. So I, I, either be the, the drake uses it, or you can. Okay. Yeah, and so the other thing I, I probably should mention before, the, the Drake on its turn doesn't take any action except for dodge unless you use your bonus action to command it to do something. Okay. So you need to burn your bonus action to get it to attack. Got Otherwise, he's just going to dodge. Got you. So fine, because I don't think rangers have a lot of bonus action options. No, and these no. guys aren't particularly beefy to begin with. These are not frontline things. These, these are going to give you more benefit. Yeah. Then be a benefit, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. No, fair. Okay. Okay, okay. Moving on. Uh, in addition to that, the damage for the breath weapon, like I said, it's 8d6. It does increase to 10d6 at 15th level. You use it once per long rest. Or you can use a third level spell or higher uh, to use this action again. So you can you can burn more later on. You can get more of these. Okay? Interesting. At 15th level, you get Perfected Bond, All right, which gives you an Empowered Bite. The Drake's Bite deals an extra 1d6 damage. So now we're up to 3d6 uh, damage for the bite. The drake also now moves to large size and can fly while you're mounting it. Mm. 
So this is a level 15 here. This is where you get to fly around on your large drake. That's, That's pretty cool. Dope capstone. It, yeah. It's kind of neat, yeah. yeah. You also get reflexive resistance. When you or your drake take damage, you can use your reaction to give resistance for that hit. But you must be within 30 feet. Okay. Okay? Uh, and you can also use that an amount equal to your proficiency modifier, and you regain them after a long rest. And that's really what the uh, the Dragon Warden has. All right? Or Drake Warden. Yeah. See, I would have to disagree with you guys. I do think it's a frontline fighter. Like, you have a mount built in. It would take a lance and then yeah, you, fuck you, them up. You could... Yes. The problem I have with it is the, the bonus action to command it. But you're right. That's what it plays into. This is for mounted combat. You're going to be riding your Drake into battle against horses. Yeah. If you guys do mounted combat, this is probably where it's at. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. not something we've done particularly any of really not really we, we have wooden the... donkeys yeah <laughs> wow they were animated they were they had wheels and they rolled around as you commanded them very cute. wonderful yeah. love that for you guys but uh, i like the companion drake it's actually kind of powerful mm -hmm. oh. have you guys looked at any of the other drakes like there's no drake in the monster manual i think they come up in the horde of the dragon queen yeah in that okay. one they've got the the guard drake which is the ac is about the same um the, their stats are, are pretty similar they're a little stronger they don't get saves or immunities. They do get resistance to lightning. Their dark vision and passive perception are about the same. Uh, they are a CR2, which, again, your your Drake companion doesn't have a CR. It's It increases with you, right? Yeah. Uh, and the bite is 1d8 plus 3, so it's a little different than, the, uh, than just the 1d6. And it also gets a tail attack. Uh, the other kind of Drake is the ambush Drake, which the AC is 13, so a little bit lower. The hit points are a little bit lower as well. As are all of the stats. All of the ability scores are, are the lowest of the bunch. Uh, they do get resistance to lightning, and they're a half a CR, so they get a plus four to hit and a one d six plus one piercing. The cool things about the ambush drakes is they do get pack tactics, so you get advantage if there's allies within five feet, uh, and they do an extra two d six damage during a surprise round, mm -hmm. so they can get a little bit more if they can get the jump on you. Hence the ambush drake. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, it makes sense. Uh, uh, that's really all there is for for the for the drakes, though. I found. Um, I'm not sure I would use the guard drake or the ambush drake as a companion unless my players really wanted to. If they saw something in there that you know, if we were going to be maybe um, cross classing and be a little more sneaky, maybe I'd want to throw the ambush thing in here and adjust it so that I could work that into the drake companion. Uh, which is why I'm bringing up the extra drakes, right? Because they're not part of this. Mm -hmm. I just I think that there's probably some ability to mix and mash and, and make it work. You right? work with yeah. your DM to find something fun and creative or flavorful to kind of match what's happening in the campaign. Look, it's called a Drake Warden. Yeah. It shouldn't be limited to just the one thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. That, that's that's one of the biggest things with Rangers is as a DM, I think if you open it up a little bit, you're going to get a lot more out of it as a player. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, but yeah, let's roll some dice. I got some questions for you guys about these guys. I got... I hit you. A 16. You hit me and it went back to a 16. Six. Oh, I also got a 6. Okay. Roll oh, off, Megan. Let's do it. I got it. I got a... Oh, you oh, fuck you and your 20. 20. A natural 20. Ask your questions, Knave. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> uh, all right. Kyle, you got a 20? Uh, after. And my re-roll. You, you're up first. Oh, right. I get to answer my own questions. Yeah. Uh, first question for you, Dave. Uh, because you can read... What stats race background clearly synergizes well with this build? Uh, I mean, probably I like the idea of a paladin. I think I would probably cross this with a paladin and then give them lots of armor and have them ride a drake into battle. I think mm -hmm. that would just be badass. 
Yeah. Right? Just like your holy friggin' charge. And like it's just everything about that just seems interesting to me. I would even maybe spruce it up a little bit and allow, if you're doing Paladin, uh, maybe allow you to add other kinds of damage, like maybe uh, radiant damage for the Paladin. Maybe mm-hmm. I'd let that happen. We could make something work on that just Ooh. to kind of stick to the theme. Uh, kind of make that pop a little bit. That'd be All cute. Right. Yeah. Kyle? It's a terrifying mental image. Like a fully armored person mounted on the back of like a half dragon just charging you down. Yeah, yeah. Because again, like these guys, they drop everything once they go away. So there's nothing saying you can't give them barding. You can't, you know, give them armor spikes and shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Right? You you, you could beef up your, your drake pretty easily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'd be expensive, but I mean, could be worthwhile. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's already, it already ranks up uh, with your proficiency bonus for its AC. So I think you start start out, you'd have a plus three bonus. So it's already a 17 AC too. Oh, yeah. Like it's, it's hard to hit. Like it's just, you could make that just go crazy, right? I like it. So um, for races, I mean, Dragonborn is pretty obvious here. I think it kind of alludes to it. Two and or fifth bands. It would be really easy to make one with the oranges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. But I do really like uh, like the Gith Yankee, Kalashtar, Janassi, or Asimar. Like the ones that are kind of half in this world, half in another one. Because I mean, it even says you know you have a dream where this Drake just appears for you. So yeah, the more cerebral races. Yeah, something just kind of. Uh, between two worlds because that's what the kind of that's what this uh subclass kind of speaks to me as so and i think for backgrounds like a folk hero folk hero or soldier yeah soldier i think fits soldier fits for this one yeah, yeah sure. especially with the with the charging in mounted combat side of things yeah yeah absolutely what do you think megan um i would want to cross class this with a um way of the ascendant monk Okay. okay. Double down on the dragons. On the dragons. So that not only can you summon a dragon, but eventually you can become a dragon yourself. And or you have your own flying speed. I think at like level six or level ten or something like that, you get your own flying speed if you are a monk. So you can just fly around with your with your little with your little guy? With your little dude. With your little dude. Yeah. Talking about my best friend. Exactly, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I would just worry about doubling up on things like the breath weapon at that point. But then you could do the breath weapon and then your dragon can then do it the can breath be. weapon. Yeah. Drake, not dragon. Sorry, Drake. Yes. Can there's... do the, the breath weapon. And that breath weapon is fucking crazy. 8d6? It's a fireball. Yeah, the monks. The oh, one, yeah. When I was reading it, I was like, this is, this is what made me think of it. Because the uh, way they sent a dragon monks one is like... I think it's like 2d6. Like, it's very minimal. It's not yeah. a lot of damage. Peanuts. Yeah, it's like peanuts in comparison. So I would be like, you use your breath weapon, and then it just, like, one-ups the fuck out of you yeah. on the next, like, <laughs> turn. Like, the other neat thing I noticed about the breath weapon in this is it specifically says in a cone, uh, depending on the... doesn't matter what type of damage it is. So some damages that would normally be a line of damage, in this case it wouldn't be. Mm-hmm. It yeah. would be the cone. So you can do a cone of lightning. I was going to say, listen, yeah. your line of lightning is like, a cone of like an electric field. That's crazy. That's like the visual dope. of that is just, it's yeah. something else. You don't get that in other yeah. places, right? Very fair. I picture like a cyclone of lightning. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> all right. Okay. Fair, All right. Fair, fair. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's an upwards cone instead of like a forwards cone. Is that weird? <laughs> it's called a tornado. Sorry. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> a lightning tornado. Oh man. Uh, all right. In my opinion, what are the strengths of the class, and what and when it comes to role playing this class, 
Uh, I mean, if you are in a dragon campaign, this is what you're doing. I mean, Dan and Brad always talked about their dragon campaign running around looking for dragons. Uh, it, it speaks right to it. If you're going to be doing Horde of the Dragon Queen, I mean, it's got additional drakes in that book. Mm -hmm. uh, this is what it lends it to. It's the dragon flavor. Go into it. Yeah. Right? It's it's straightforward. It's right there. Yeah. Yeah. I think, it, yeah, I, I, I would have to agree with you a lot. I think in a dragon-heavy campaign, it would be awesome because you know, there's some great story potential in developing your relationship with dragons and how you would react to them as this class as well. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I like that it's not the typical master-servant dragon. Yeah. Right? You, there's a little more nuance to it there. You're more equal in it's your friendo yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah you're bonded in spirit exactly yeah you're yeah. good you're buds yeah. yeah yeah you're buddy cop homies homies <laughs> shall we say pals paladins pals <laughs> um i would say when it comes to role playing this i've said this before when dragons have been used on a regular basis i know that these are drakes they're not actually the same but I, I would almost feel like i would love to tie this into like a, like a specific type of dragon that gave you this capability. And the reason why I say that is because it makes it easier to decide how to roleplay your character. Because you can roleplay your character based on the dragon type that you have chosen. Right. So we have many episodes on dragons and how they act, how they operate, how their layers work, those kinds of things. And you can take a lot from those dragons personalities and utilize them within your roleplay style. So like if you choose a green dragon versus a silver dragon or what have you. And that's why I do like to choose what kind of damage your characters are resistant to or can use for their breath weapons right away just to kind of give you, or what their base is and what their go-to is, even if you have the ability to switch it. Because I feel like you can pull a lot of personality from dragons. Mm -hmm. And I think that this, you would want to lean into that with this. If, you want, if you're having trouble trying to figure out how to play your character, read about dragons. Pick a dragon and pull your personality from there. All right, cool. I like that. I like it as well. Yeah. Uh, any potential oversights or mechanical imbalances? Uh, no, I think this one's actually pretty good. I think this one is, is balanced quite well. Uh, I wish I would be able to fly on my Drake well-mounted before 15th level. But, I mean, you don't really need it. That is a, that is a late game ability. You're not going to be a level 7 riding a dragon. Come on, guys. Yeah. Right? Whee! <laughs> uh, and if you are, something has probably gone very bad. Yeah, congratulations, right? you are getting trapped. <laughs> I mean, technically, you can ride the dragon at seventh level. Just well, you can not you can, fly with it. Yeah, but it, you know the, the whole like, oh, I want to fly on dragons. Like that's yeah. you're you're gonna get halfway there right at the end of the game. Okay, like, Daenerys, we're not quite there yet. Yeah. Right, it takes her at least three seasons to get there. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, at least at least. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> I hate it so much. Uh, other than that, I think that these guys are pretty well balanced. Like yeah. they, they do, yeah. they make a lot of sense uh, in the Dungeons and Dragons world. And again, I've said it before: too much dungeon, not enough dragon. These guys really spice that up. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a different take on different flavor of things. But I think that it really is just a mounted combat uh, with a breath weapon. Eventually, yeah, right, hundred percent. Right. Um, I I don't see any um, oversights or mechanical imbalances. The only thing that I would worry about this class at all is I would be afraid it would foster a main character syndrome kind of thing. Because it's just, I, I don't know, it, it's a strong class. It's not like overly strong, but it just, I don't know. I, I'd be afraid it, that guy would play this class. I, I feel like you could have flushed that out in your background, though. I see what you mean. Like, this guy's yeah. going to be a little high and mighty. 
Yeah, I got a dragon. You know, the dragon's pick. Just me. knock him down a peg. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, it's a Drake. Come on. We yeah. all know it's a Drake. <laughs> you keep saying dragon, but we all know that's not fucking yeah. true. There's a two leg difference. Come on. Yeah. We know you got that one in an outlet store. Yeah, it's, it's the Walmart dragon, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. And I, I would say that it also comes down to the players at your table. Because technically, yeah. I'm playing a dragon princess in our campaign. And I'm very specific to say, I don't want to be the center of attention and I don't want to talk. Yeah. This fucking bard keeps making me talk, but I don't actually want to talk. <laughs> God damn it, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and I feel like you as a DM can kind of help navigate that too. So if you do end up with that kind of a syndrome in your game, then you can just have that conversation of don't be an asshat. Yeah. Which yeah. we talk about a lot. So Well, there's lots of asshattery. So <laughs> much asshattery. But I don't know. I feel like this one is very similar to the other um, class where it, it, it's not necessarily overpowered. Again, I think that breath weapon is fucking powerful. If I look at other classes and other things that have breath weapons, like it's yeah. it's good. Eleventh like level, right? Like eleventh level, you're doing eight d six, and but you can it's burn, just once. Or you can then burn your third level spell slot to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. But don't get me wrong, you don't have a lot of spell slots as a No, but once you hit level 20, you can use any spell slot of third level or higher. That's true. Okay? So not only are you doing it once, but you can do it... I'm not sure whether... I didn't look at the number, but multiple, multiple times. Right? Mm -hmm. You're dropping fireballs every round. Easily. Yeah, you're basically a dragon wizard. But again, like, it's 30 feet, so you still have to be close to whatever it is that you're doing. Mm. Um, I think the benefit of this is, does it hit friendlies? Or is it... It's a cone. It's yeah, a cone. So yes, it will. Yeah. But anyways, I think that that's one that's going to have to be navigated a little bit because you're playing the ranger. Technically, I feel like you're probably going to be on a, in a campaign with players that are close combat characters because you are the ranger. Mm. So a lot of people think that I'm going to do a ranger because I've got a like fighting paladin or a fighter or a barbarian in my team and we really need someone to stay at a distance. But now I'm going to choose this Drake motherfucker that has to be 30 feet to use this cone attack. So great. And fuck all y'all who are close combat characters. <laughs> right? Like, if there's so, like, again, there's like, yeah, it's just a, the breath weapon I think is going to be hard to navigate for the player and for the DM. Therefore, I feel like it's slightly still balanced. I think if you go with the archery side of things, yes. If you go with the two weapon fighting though, not so much. I think it's Fair. easier. I think I think this leads itself to either mounted combat or two weapon fighting. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Get right up in there. Have this ability. Let them eat shit. You've got resistance to a damage type that you pick. Right. Like you get to do your breath weapon. It's all you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair, fair, fair. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyways, balanced because there's like there's good to it. There's bad to it. So. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey everyone, if you just can't get enough of the It's Mimic podcast and want to join the conversation. Fear not. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, or at r slash it's a mimic on Reddit. I always have fucking trouble with r slash it's a mimic. Fuck you, Reddit. Or at r slash it's a mimic on Reddit. We also love getting questions and feedback from your folks. So please feel free to hit us up at info at it's a mimic.com with any questions you want to hear on our quarterly mailbag episodes. And remember, no question is too taboo or off-limits. Or at least I don't think they are. They don't actually trust me enough to look at the questions that we get asked. Uh, We also rely on positive reviews and word of mouth to get the news of the podcast out there to the community. Because most of us are antisocial nerds who think strangers are scary. Uh, And last but not least, if you're feeling generous, we also have a donate button and store on our website at itsamimic.com. 
I think even people I know are kind of scary. Yeah, I don't know. I have a high charisma, so. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I avoid talking Do to people. You? Shut up, my guy. I'm a good Obviously, person. your wisdom's low, too. I was told that my laugh gives people life, so. Huh? <laughs> Please laugh. <laughs> Give me life. <laughs> the quote from Tasha's is I love insects. Organized, relentless, specialized champions. And aligning their single-minded will with your own, beautiful. Just keep them out of my lap. So the Swarm Master is basically the result of what you would happen if that weird kid who ate bugs in elementary school took his obsession to the next level and grew up to be an adventurer. These rangers reach out through their mystical bond with the earth and become one with a, a swarm of nature spirits. <laughs> so you just described Dave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but wait, there's more. Okay, go on. Although often loners. Yes. Yeah, yeah. fair. Yeah. <laughs> they, they sometimes also form communities where each part works in harmony for the whole. Or in other words, dirty communists. Yeah, I got you guys. Yeah. You people. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> I will not be affiliated. <laughs> so for subclass features, you get two starting at third level. Uh, when you choose the subclass, the first being Gathered Swarm, you have basically been found worthy and have bonded a swarm of nature spirits to you for life. The swarm occupies the same space as you, either crawling along your skin or buzzing around your head. Tasha's gives you several options uh, of what the swarm could look like, but the ultimate choice is up to you and your DM for what would work best for your character. So it's like, oh good. The cockroaches have thought I'm worthy of them. Yeah. Hooray! Yay! Yay! I mean, you kind of get to pick based on your character. All right, the centipedes. Yeah. Yay! Yay! <laughs> so the options given originally are swarming insects, miniature twig blights, fluttering birds, or playful pixies. Uh, now the swarm can assist you in a number of ways once on each of your turns, immediately after you hit a creature with an attack. It can either deal an extra 1d6 piercing damage, um, the creature can be pushed up to 15 feet horizontally if it fails a strength check against your spell save DC, or you can be moved 5 feet horizontally in whatever direction you choose. The second feature is Swarm Keeper Magic, which is basically just your expended spell list, uh, third level gets you the Mage Chain Cantrip, which when cast takes the form of your swarm in like a hand shape. So you're like a hand of bees? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Fairy Andy. Fire. Yeah. Uh, fifth level gets you Web. Ninth level gets you Gaseous Form. Thirteenth level gets you Arcane Eye. And at seventeenth level, to the surprise of no one, Insect Swarm. I'm surprised it takes that long. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, about the Insect Swarm? <laughs> Oh, baby. No. We don't kink shame. No, we, we don't Maybe we should. I, I, I heard Terry's voice in my head. We should probably kink shame. <laughs> There's a level. You're welcome, Terry. No. So now they have a little write-up here titled, It's Your Swarm, where they ask you to consider how this subclass and swarm might affect the magic you cast and how they work together. For example, for Hunter's Mark, maybe you send out your swarm to surround the target's head like a halo. And the swarm kind of like falls off one by one, leaving you a trail to follow, you know, because mm. it gives you an advantage on uh, survival checks. Interesting. I like that. A little bit of flavor. Yeah. Okay. So just a little more descriptive 
Uh, or for daylight, maybe you summon like a swarm of fireflies and they all just kind of like light up an area. I like the idea of following the trail of dead fairies to find your, your prey. <laughs> Where'd they go? Oh, there's a dead fairy. Let's keep going that way. No. And then there's your fae wanderer like, you fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and as you're riding on your, your drake, he's just like eating them on the way by. Oh my God. Can you imagine all three of them just in one campaign? <laughs> Holy fuck. Loving it. Okay. So uh, it also gives you the option to choose what your swarm looks like. Um, so, and you're not always stuck with the same thing forever. So you can change it throughout the game. Um, you know, maybe it changes as your character grows and their priorities change or the seasons change, whatever. Or maybe you just want something that reflects you as a person. For example, Megan, you might choose praying mantises or locusts. I was going to say, choose your fucking words <laughs> carefully, my guy. <laughs> because super cool insects, also terrifying and bloodthirsty. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> I really thought you were going to go with Dung Beetle. Uh, actually. Yeah. Oh, for me. Oh, yeah. for you. Oh, yay. It literally says, and Dave here might pick the Dung Beetle for obvious reasons. Fair for fair. Yeah. Excellent. I love this for me. <laughs> yeah, don't praying mantises like rip the heads off their husbands. I can see it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Checks out. <laughs> Dude, I've seen, I've seen videos of like praying mantises eating birds and rats. Like those things are... Killers. Checks oh, out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But they're also a dope ass insect. So. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say that because you know I'm going to murder you in yeah. five minutes. <laughs> Dave, can you walk me into my car after this? <laughs> no. <laughs> Staying here where Dan can protect me. Yeah. <laughs> where Dan can protect me. Yeah. You think Dan can protect you? Yeah, he's got dad energy. He'll help. Right? Okay, like he's a dad energy, but not daddy energy. I, it's, There's a difference. There is a difference. He, he does not have the latter. Not to me, anyways. I mean, I won't yuck your yum, though. Well, I mean, he builds furniture, so. No. Go on. Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> at seventh level, you gain the writhing tide feature, where as a bonus action, you can use your swarm to essentially carry you. Yeah, it lifts you off the ground. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So for the next minute or until you are incapacitated, you gain a flying speed of 10 and can hover. Which, yeah, 10. Like, you can't go far with it. You only go no. 60 feet altogether in the whole minute. But I think you could probably manipulate that to work in your favor. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be useful when you're dealing with, like, ledges and shit. But, yeah. I mean, could you fall and then have that happen? And take last... you the last 10 feet yeah. down. Yeah, bonus action. So it's you're talking I about use my action to fall yeah. <laughs> purposely. <laughs> yeah, if you stepped off something and then like stepped onto your insects, you could do that for sure. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I feel that would be like a dramatic fucking entrance. Yeah, or oh, they form steps for you, oh. so you step on it and like walk down. Yeah, or that fuck be... like the three point landing. You just fucking leap off a cliff and just like fall to your and told you, and then just like a swarm just like forms underneath you oh. and then guides you the last ten feet down. That'd be pretty badass. Uh, so this you, is like my like. And then when you hit the ground, they assemble to like show your house sigil behind you as you're doing the pose. It's just a, it was just a giant <laughs> thumbs up. <laughs> thumbs up full of bees. No, sorry, middle finger, just like yeah, more accurate. <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> sorry, go on. So you can use this profi- You can use this up to your proficiency bonus, regaining all uses after a long rest. Eleventh mm. uh, level. 
gives you Mighty Swarm, which is basically upgrading your abilities from Gathered Swarm. So you, the Swarm now deals 1d8 piercing damage instead of a d6. Uh, if a creature fails its strength check against being moved by your Swarm, you can also knock them prone, which is fucking super useful. And if you move yourself, you also gain half cover until the start of your next turn. So finally, at 15th level, uh, you get Swarming Dispersal. Uh, so when you take damage, you can use your reaction to dissolve yourself into your swarm and then move, teleport 30 feet away <gasps> and then coming back. You're basically vampire batting yourself out. Yeah. Yeah. But only <laughs> praying mantis. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Mandibles. Go on. <laughs> uh, you can also use this a number of times uh, equal to your proficiency bonus, regaining all uses after a long rest. So my positives and negatives for this class, I, I think it would make a better NPC than PC, at least for me. I don't really... It does have like a villain's entrance kind of feel yeah. to it. This feels like the guy, the hermit in the woods that you're going to go find and get information from. Yeah. But you're going to come across and he's going to be doing something real weird with his swarms. Something you don't expect. You swat away the moth and it's just like, oh shit. Kink shame, kink shame. What? Yeah, well, he said he's doing something real weird with a swarm, and judging by the, like the tone of our earlier conversations, I'm not talking like centipedes up the dick hole. That was a reach. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was thinking like jerking off with your swarm. You know what? Uh, How would you? Know. What? What kind of swarm? Do I you mean, have? it can move people 15 feet. I'm sure it can move foreskin. You. <laughs> okay, so I said we don't kink shame, but I think I've reached my point. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, cut that. <laughs> Agreed. I'm not going to yuck your yuck. <laughs> okay, but I also think uh, it, this would make a good pacifist character if you reflavored the skills a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so instead of dealing damage every time you do a hit, it heals one of your friendlies for 1d6. Or, oh. you know... Um, you could also make your swarm impose disadvantage on an enemy creature by just buzzing in their face yeah. and throwing off their concentration. Uh, I do love the customizability of the subclass, and it also gives me really strong Candyman vibes. Oh, no, oh naturally. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure that's where... I didn't even think of that. Well done. Okay. Okay. Creepy. Yeah. All right. Creepy, uh, You guys want to roll some dice and answer some questions? Fuck no, thanks. <clears throat> All right, Kyle, I'll roll for you. 18. 17. Oh, nat 20. Oh, wow. Going last with a 17. Mm. Like it. Love that for you. Uh, Kyle, what stat raised background clearly synergizes well with this build? Uh, I, I really like the small races for it. So, kobolds, goblins, fairies... Like, you said cobalt Megan's in. Yeah, yeah I was like, I, I, I wrote down cobalt. Yeah. <laughs> I just imagine that you have that already written in most uh, of these. In all caps, yeah. bolded in Comic Sans. No. <laughs> Nobody uses Comic Sans. Come on. Uh, Apparently. I, do, I do when I'm being serious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to whom it may concern. To whom <laughs> When I need to send a message... Sans comic. Sans comic. <laughs> I'd play a goblin, though. That is the one I'd go for. Uh, probably with the Outlander, 
hermit, phalos, or urchin. Probably urchin background. Yeah, urchin or hermit, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But if I was going to reflavor it to be a pacifist, I would go hobgoblin. You love the hobgoblins today. I do. I only really recently discovered it, but it is, I think it might be the best, like, race out of all of them. They have so many abilities, and it's just ridiculous. Anyways, that's... that's. that's I like that. That's yeah. good. Yeah, they're good. Megan, what do you got? Um, I was going to say kobold, but then I was going to say um, the background criminal for this one, because I do okay. feel that this is a very evil style character. Like... I don't know. I would I would be floating in my swarm all the time if I could. And I'm just I don't know. I also like the idea of a little kobold sitting there with his little bugs. Yeah. His little terrarium. And you're like, how cute is that? And he's like, isn't it? And then like, whoosh. <laughs> you think that's cute? Check out this. Look at this yeah. thing that I could do. Like <laughs> just totally oblivious to how badass it looks. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, it's just like my swarm. It's just my peeps. Like it's it just sounds so cute and so innocent, but really he's just like, no, nah, like, I use this for fucking evil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of that, uh, the Simpsons episode where he, Homer gets a monkey and he gets Mojo uh, to go rob, like, the donut place and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Uh, no, for these guys, I like the idea of, of just elves, wood elves especially, the, uh, I'm thinking like a Batman-esque story, perhaps, well, as a child, this wood elf was out wandering around through the woods and he fell through a hole in the ground. Instead of being attacked oh by bats, you're killing Batman. Batman. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he got attacked by swarms of something, and you know became more in tune with that, and decided that he liked it, and then became that weird guy, and just never really went away from it. Was always kind of shunned from others afterwards. You know, like just kind of on the. Outskirts. He very well should be. I just, because you had mentioned dung beetles for Dave, all I can imagine is someone being attacked by a million dung beetles, <laughs> and then you become the dung beetle yourself, <laughs> as a wood elf. <laughs> become the shit in a shit sandwich, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, uh, yeah, no, I, I think that you get, you get your, like, nature outcast wood elf. I think that's a really, really good flavor fit on these guys. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, in your opinion, what are the strengths of the class when it comes to role-playing? Well, if you like playing weird characters, this one's for fucking you. I imagine, like, uh, the character just constantly talking to the bugs. Like, yeah, I know, right? What a dick. And just... <laughs> I don't Possibly think tweaking. It yeah. doesn't actually say anything about like being able to communicate with them specifically, right? No. No, but, but I feel like you'd be slightly yeah, yeah, yeah. insane enough. Yeah, you've bonded. You oh, yeah, yeah. bonded with this. You spirit. add that flavor yeah. to it. I, I agree. That's not so, a bad idea. I, I and it's also a nice halfway point between a druid and a ranger. That's what I kind of think of. It's the the druids, like the black sheep to the druid family. I think that's more circle of the spore. Yeah, I, I, th- I think yeah, I think they are very. I close think that swarm that. keepers and spore circle druids are hanging out in the woods together. Yeah, they're in that creepy deep dark of the woods together. I, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Other than that, I just it's got a lot of nice flavor to it. Um, flexible level casting, so it's great for you know players that like to get into the descriptive details of how they do everything. Yeah. Okay. All right. I like that. I feel like this would be again. I like the idea of playing it pretty crazy. And I was just thinking that they would dress up like their, like whatever bug their swarm is. <laughs> just imagine so, like a hundred little arms coming off the side for his millipedes. 100%. Or just like little little antennae if you're like a bumblebees or like... <laughs> or like um, black and gold stripes. Yeah. 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 Like just, just like, and it's very subtle. 
It's just like when you describe your character, like, yeah, I rock up, but I'm in, like, a gold and black t-shirt with little mandibles oh. hanging off of my, like, sides of my cheeks. With my discreet mandibles hanging <laughs> off the sides of my cheeks. I, w- I would buy a Bumblebee costume just to wear it to every session. Oh, this is what Bumblebee it. Man from The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. absolutely. But I feel like we're playing this one super ridiculous. We played the other ones pretty serious. I yeah. think this is the one that's a little bit ridiculous if you're playing it as a player. But again, it also breathes super evil. Yeah, oh, it does. Yeah, it does so it does. I think that if you were going to play this as, like, a, a, to your point, all constantly tweaking out, a little bit psychotic, mm. talking over their shoulder all the time, even though their swarm isn't, like, present, yeah. but, like, they can constantly see it and hear it, and it is constantly, like, in their head. Right. Oh, yeah. Like I just think that would be a lot of fun. But yeah, what about you, Dave? Yeah, I mean these guys are. We've gone over it already. Like they're the the perfect outdoor loner. Mm-hmm. They're the guys that love playing in the dirt, playing in the sticks. Uh, you know, I was over at a friend's house yesterday, and there was a neighborhood kid hanging around, and uh, he lifted up a concrete block, and underneath there was all these wood bugs and roly polies and centipedes yeah. and stuff. That kid, that kid is one of these. He was all in there with like a stick, like. That was me. Oh. You were at... I used to like to flip over rocks. What kid didn't? And like look at bugs. Sure, but you eventually like... Grew out of it. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Right? This kid didn't grow out of it. Yeah, okay. Right? Yeah, like that's, absolutely. I mean, of all of the three that we've done today, this is the one that's going to be, the I think, the easiest to role play. Yeah. Because they're a little weirder. I, I think if Charlie was going to play a ranger, this would be the, the ranger It'd be Charlie. super cute. Well, I, I think it's like I, also... You do it well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like yeah. he's got that that edginess already. These guys are going to be edgy. Little edgy. Little, little bit angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Little bit lonerish, like little you said. Angsty. I think Hermit would kind of go well with these guys. Hermit would fit. Base case. Yeah. Yeah. But I also feel like these are the ones that if you went into town and went into like a bar, they wouldn't follow you in. They'd be like, mm-hmm. "Oh, I don't like being indoors. I'm just gonna like." hang out yeah i I don't want to stay in the inn i will stay in the barn i'll be over here by the barn or the stable or like hang outside just the outskirts of my swarm of horses yeah because like because i feel like they are used to the fact that other people aren't used to a swarm of whatever their bugs are like people don't like bugs yeah so i feel like they're used to a lifetime of people being like ew gross like that's disgusting yeah so they would become that loner like and then they would be, like, used to being outcasts. So mm-hmm. when they go into town, they're like, no, I don't want to go to the inn because they're going to make fun of my swarm. So I'm going to go hang out with my swarm in the forest. I'll see you guys at 5 a.m. Peace out. Like, again, that would be hard to role play, though, too, because a lot of times things happen in the evening time in campaigns. So I feel like you as a DM would almost have to navigate how that would work if you do end up playing with a player that was that much of a loner. Mm-hmm. But again, like, I think we talked about how this would make a really good... Uh, either a BB, like a, like a big bad evil guy, or even just like an NPC that follows your group around, but doesn't follow them into town, just kind of stays in the outskirts. Yeah. Watching you. The cart watcher. The cart watcher. Yeah. Is this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The man who plays with bugs. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, any oversight to mechanical imbalances? Um, it's kind of hard to say without actually playing one, but I think it would become pretty boring and repetitive. And one-dimensional in combat, you know, they just don't have a lot of variety in how you would play them. Because each of the subclass features kind of ranks up with all of them. I also find the seventh level feature pretty blah. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. It does seem weaker than the other ones. Yeah. Mechanically. Flavorful-wise, sure. Again, you could build a character around this to have a lot of fun playing. 
but you would really have to lean into whatever spells you're choosing as a ranger. And then like your feats, I think are going to become very important to your ability to be like relevant in combat. Like you're going to have to be very focused on how you build it because it's not giving you a lot. Yeah. To be honest with you. No. And I think that's kind of the oversight there is that they don't give you a lot, but I think there's a lot of nuance and ways to inject the flavor into your, uh, into your campaign. I think that maybe if I'm the DM and I got one of these guys at my table, maybe they can hear thoughts mm-hmm. from the insects, but they can't communicate directly. They can't be all like, all right, bug, I need you to go in there and scout out what's ahead. That's yeah. not going to happen. But you can get that, you know, little one-off thing, maybe here and there. Maybe it's a once a day kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You work that into it. Also, I like the idea of changing up spells like Entangle mm-hmm. to instead of Vines. Maybe you got centipedes that come up, and that's the difficult terrain you have to get through now. Uh, the Man, swarm keeper loves centipedes. Uh, it's just it's an easy swarm to me. Like, yeah, they're they're creepy crawlies, right? Uh, more so than dung beetles or whatever the fuck Megan is. Um, I am a praying mantis. That's <laughs> what I've just been told. So <laughs> whatever, whatever. Fine, you get the good one. Yeah, okay, absolutely. But, but uh, yeah, I also call their locusts. What the fuck? Scourge. Dave, I need you to walk me to my car. (laughs) I will kill you. Yeah. (laughs) I will watch. I don't know why people are so afraid of me in such a strange context. Really? (laughs) Really? This is why. I was just more going with a running gag that everybody's afraid of you. It's not a gag. Help. Whatever. I'm a good person. Uh, I'm sure that you tell yourself that often. On a daily basis. Uh, let's roll some dice here. Let's come up with a creative build and uh, and go from there. I got a nine. Oh, I got a 20. I got a one. Oh, nice. We're almost so I don't evenly have to do this, right? No, you, you do. In fact, one is so bad you get to go after the end credits. Uh, so again, with this, just uh, a creative build. Think about what kind of race background it might be. And uh, what kind of environment campaign kind of thing. <clears throat> Absolutely. So yeah. I would want to do a Fae Wanderer. I think they're kind of cool. Yeah. However, I would choose the Sage background. So very Arcana in like history. And like, I, I feel like I would almost want them to be very like ethereal and very fairy-esque. I would choose a variant human only because they have the ability to have the extra feats. So I would choose things like mobile. So their extra movement is added into that. Because not only can they misty step, but now they can move faster around um, the field. Um, and then, again, I would want them to be very um, floaty. Very, like, mentally airy. and Aloof. Aloof, yeah. shall we uh-huh. say. Because um, I think that would be fun to role play. Because you can kind of play it. I was thinking, what is that girl from Harry Potter? What's her name? The really, like... A Luna one. Love God. Luna Lo- yeah, I would want to play her like that. Like, okay. that was kind of what I had in my head. Okay. Yeah. Um, and the kind of the same thing where it almost feels like they're talking to themselves, but they're actually, like, drifting in between the realms. Okay. And talking to, like, the Fae and that kind of stuff. So like oh, a, little a little quirky. A little, little bit quirky, a little bit weird. Um, but, again, is kind of like that very, very good support character. So I would probably give them a lot of healing spells and a lot of, like, um, battlefield manipulation spells is mm. what I would go to with this one. 
Um, but I think that would be a lot of fun. And I think that's very different from being like your basic druid or what have you being able to play those kinds of like earthy aloof characters. But that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Nice. I like it. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking for mine, I would probably do the swarm keeper and I would probably make them a drow and I would probably make that swarm spiders because it just works. I hate everything about you. Yeah. Right. Right? Yeah. yeah, Right now. Like it hasn't always (laughs) been this way. Come on. This moment. Spiders. Hard pass. I can read people, not just books, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, no, I think that you can give them an Outlander uh, background, and I think that this works very, very, very well. Yeah. This is not a stretch of the imagination. You could almost make almost every drow you come across uh, Swarm Keeper-esque. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're doing Dungeons and Mad Mage. The drow that we've dealt with so far, if they were a little more Swarm Keeper, a little more creepy crawly, I think that... Wouldn't have necessarily changed the interactions, but it might have really changed your interaction with everything else on those levels. Uh, If these guys came off as really gross and Mm -hmm. off-putting, you wouldn't have tried to have been friends with them as much as you did. Not that it worked out particularly well to begin with. I don't remember ever trying to be friends with them. There was some talking that happened back and forth. There There were chit-chats. There was... (laughs) Talking. Yeah, and I know that... Slightly before I dropped a fireball on them because I took perceived umbrage for my fake house that I was trying to represent. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and then then Guppy and Nabila's characters both died fighting the drow. I love that his name is Guppy. Is that his real name? Uh, It might as well be. Fair enough. It's capital G-U-P, capital E. Okay? That's the way you you spell it. Guppy. Guppy! Right? Because again, he's illiterate. Right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Son of a bitch. Uh, but I mean, you're wandering through the uh, through the, the dungeon, of Mad Mage, uh, Under Mountain. You're going through the Underdark, creepy, crawly spider drow. It just goes hand in hand. A drow just fits in general because of edge lord nonsense, right? Yeah, like, like that, just, that loner edge lord. It it really fits. If you're gonna do a, an all drow campaign, if you and your friends are all gonna be all drow, definitely you could put a swarm keeper in there. Real easy. Yeah. Like, again, with the. Uh, you know, partner up with the Circle of the Spore, I think those guys are going to be besties, right? Yeah. 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 Really good for an evil campaign, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I would go Fae Wanderer as well. I, now that you we went for those two already, I feel like I should take a Drake Warden, but I'm not prepared to do one. Uh, so... <laughs> I, 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 I like the Drake Warden too, Warden, too, but I just, I find that Mounted combat comes up so infrequently that I think our the style. But of you can force play. it in there, right? Like it doesn't. You don't need to have both sides mounted combat. No, you're right. You don't. But I just I feel like it probably lends itself more to that. I'm probably not going to do a dungeon crawl with a drake warden. No, no, no. Right? It would be more of an adventuring, like outdoorsy. Yeah. Right. The drake warden is really fucking cool, but. It's got to be the right campaign. Nah, yeah, you yeah, got to be on the mountaintop at some point. Great and strut until you get into the castle. You know, like it's just a whole like yeah. rigmarole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, what's your fate? Ah, uh, so I think I would go fate wanderer with the satyr and then cross class into bar. A satyr? Say satyr. 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 Okay, yeah, that's is that what I said? <laughs> you said satyr. It's, it's not satyr. Yeah, no, it's satyr. Satyr. Seder. 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 There's been a few words with you where I'm just like, hmm. Where I don't pronounce them to your... <laughs> to my satisfaction. You should point every one of them out yeah. going forward. Just write a list. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. Stop everything and make sure we point them out. Seder. Seder. Yeah. Isn't that a Jewish celebration? What? Seder. No. It's not like... Yeah, it is. Is it? Yeah. I don't know. I'm not... 
<laughs> and neither am I. <laughs> but I just happen to know what other cultures do. <laughs> and I think it's spelled like S-A-D-E-R. That's sadder. Sadder. <laughs> no, there's no sadder. Okay, there's no T in there. Yeah, Seder is a religious meal served in Jewish homes on the 15th and 16th of the month um, for now, Passover. Now, is that only on the Gregorian calendar? Because the 15th and 16th seems very specific. Isn't it Gregorian Russian? I don't know. Okay, we're getting into some bullshit here. Yeah. Anyways, talk to me about your Seder. <laughs> so the Seder, it would be College of Glamour and the Fate Wanderer. Because I think they would stack, like the abilities would ah, stack really well. Yeah, yeah. And it would just be a good way to... Fuck around with everybody. Yeah. And be charming people left, right, and center. Getting them to do tricksy things. Tricksy things. Tricksy yeah. things. Yeah, I like the idea of cross-classing because we again talked about cross-classing with an arcane trickster. It fits right into that wheelhouse. Yeah. Too. Yeah. What, what background would you do? Mm, noble. Noble? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. You, yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Uh, what, and what kind of environment? Like if you were going to pick a campaign setting, where would you drop them? Oh, definitely a city campaign. Yeah, I was thinking, like, that kind of character would be interesting to see in, like, Sharn. Yeah. Where uh, Eberron, Big World, City of Towers, there's so much going on. fucking Eberron. Of course. It it will always come back to (laughs) Eberron. You know this. Get over it. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, we've never played an Eberron campaign. You haven't. I've never played an Eberron. We only did Eberron in 3.5. We did our our last stretch of 3.5. I guess it wasn't quite the last, but we did a a four-module campaign arc, and, like, they were all linked to each other yeah. so it, there was common bad guys throughout the whole thing all in Eberron we went from one side of Corvair to the other riding lightning rails there was an airship crash there was submarine battles there was everything alright cool yeah. uh, any final inspirations from everybody before we wrap it up I, we talked about it earlier and I want to elaborate on it but I would love to do as a DM in a campaign three siblings one of each style with the different okay. personality types and then they would be your main arc, big, bad, evil guys. Because you would have your aloof Luna Lovegood, your twitchy, weird, crazy, like, swarm, whatever. And then your, like, aggressive, barbarian-esque, like, Drake thing. Yeah. And I feel like having very three different personalities, but with a similar, like, commonality of protecting whoever their mother, father, or cult is... I think it would be a really cool campaign hook. Like, you meet one of them and be like, oh, well, just wait until you meet my brothers or yeah. what have you. Oh, They're okay, so different cool. when you give them that common backstory. It really... It's very strange because you're not going to expect that this Luna Lovegood has this twitchy swarm thing brother. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's... I feel like it would be a very good contrasty, like, your three main pillars before you hit the big bad evil guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I just think that that's a... I feel like all of these archetypes can be really well used as NPCs, as a DM. So even if you are a person who's looking to play these as, like, right, PCs, um, as DMs, definitely look at them to build a good NPC. I think they've got a lot of good flavor to them for that. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Kyle? Um, you know, I just... Rangers are fucked. Yeah, Rangers, Rangers are fucked. So I don't know, fucked. I actually kind of, I kind of like these... I don't think I would ever play a swarm keeper as a player. Yeah. But I do I do really love the creepiness of it. I yeah. think it makes an excellent bad guy. I think it makes an excellent just kind of uh, that NPC that comes in and out of your party's lives all throughout. And you never really know what their intention or what their goal is. Yeah. Okay. Fair, fair. Yeah, I like that. 
Uh, I mean, we have said it multiple times. We don't like Rangers traditionally. Uh, I feel like I haven't given them a fair shot. The the benefit to a Ranger uh, is is in their subclass. Yeah. And I think more specifically with cross-classing. I think if you cross-class, that's how you redeem the Ranger. Yeah. Right? That's how you can really make it pop. You can do so many things with it. Any one of these can cross with multiple different other archetypes and subclasses and so on. Uh, But, I mean, again, coming back to the 3.5 background, there was nothing wrong with taking a full 20 levels of just Ranger. You never needed to prestige class or take an archetype before. Uh, And I feel like that wouldn't necessarily work here. Like the Ranger, it really it really is all in those little... I know you only get four abilities, or the, the four abilities at the different levels. Yeah. But uh, that's that, that's what makes and breaks it. 100%. Right? To, to spice it up a little, it's got some spells. I think you and your DM need to sit down and reflavor things like the being able to communicate in some way with your swarm. Mm. Uh, that kind of thing. Maybe instead of like having the, the vines for entangle, it's a swarm to entangle. But it still works the same. Uh, adding those little bits of extra flavor is what is going to make you get the most out of these and make these actually like a viable, interesting uh, uh, character to play. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I I mean I still look. I'm probably I, I not disagree with you because I believe that I I don't think that these subclasses are fleshed out enough, and that's one of the things that kind of turns me off from it. Which is why I think giving it that, that cross class is where its, it's win is. Not yeah. only that, but like I asked before, like what is the point of a ranger, right? Like mm. trying to consider whether it's a support class, a martial class, what have you. I feel like the subclasses and the archetypes are what gives you that direction. I feel like a ranger can go the any of those options, and then the subclass is what helps you decide what that direction is. Like I feel like a Fey Wanderer very much feels like a support character. Mm-hmm. They aren't necessarily going to do the heavy damage. You can build it to be that support healing, bamf them in and out of battle to give them a good heal. X Y Z. The Drake one can definitely be very battle heavy. You're doing your breath weapons. You're tossing out weapons. Like it's you know it's it's going to be more martial. Like I feel like it's the subclass that gives you your purpose as a ranger. Otherwise, in my mind, rangers are neutral until decided otherwise. Yeah, all right. Yeah. yeah, I agree. All right, so that's all we have for this discussion on Rangers for now. At this point, we've covered all 116 official subclasses in 5th edition, but there's still a lot to talk about when it comes to building characters, and we'll continue to keep working on subclasses as they get released. So subscribe or follow and check back regularly to see what inspirations and insights we'll have for you in the future. Next week, we'll be going over weapons, damage types for players to think about, and the officially published Poisons. Hmm. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Eat Some Ammo Podcast. If you'd like to support us, we have a donate button on our website, www.itsamimic.com, as well as a store for some totally legal It's a Mimic contraband. We also rely on word of mouth to get news of the podcast out there to the community, so please pass the word to everyone you know that we're available on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, as well as most podcast apps. Thanks again for listening to a mimic. <laughs> to a mimic. Thanks again for listening to a mimic. <laughs> Where you never know what you're going to get. I feel like those got to be the most two suspicious words ever is totally legal. <laughs> yeah, what we're doing is totally legal. It's totally legal. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just trust just, me, bro. Just don't, legal. Don't worry about it. Just trust me. This is 
has been an It's a Mimic production. Inquiries, requests, and questions for our mailbags can be sent to info at itsamimic.com. If you guys had a favored enemy in real life, what would it be? I Does it have to be a person or can it be an inanimate object? It can be anything you want. Uh... So it could be a group of people. It could be a single person. It could be a thing. Just what is something that pisses you off so much that you know too much about it and would want to deal extra damage to it? I was just going to say people that walk too slowly in front of me. Okay. Oh, that's good. I was, I, you know, I was on the same train. I was thinking like people in front of me in traffic that get in my way. Mm. I would love to cause damage to them. All right. Or people that walk, like go on escalators and don't walk up the escalator. Or, or they stand just on the left side. Because, like, yeah. the right side's for the left side for walking, right? Yeah, left you walk, right you stand. Yeah, don't yeah. fuck that up. Don't be the asshole that stands in the middle. No, it's universally known. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would, yeah, I would, that would fuck that person up. It should be. Okay, okay, for me, it's along the same lines as that. It's when you're walking down a sidewalk or a hallway, and there's a group of people coming at you, and they're walking just abreast, taking up the whole thing. And they just won't move out of the way. You know what you do is you look for the people within that group that are holding hands because they're the couple and you bust right through those two. Oh, Red Rover style. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) I'm tall enough now, I won't be clotheslined, so I'm down for that shit. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So essentially, I think what we're getting at is people that impede the way of others uh, through selfish thinking. Absolutely. Those pricks. Or lack of self-awareness, I feel is like... Oh, that's that's the one right there. Just common fucking sense. It's not that common. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> my, my favorite, um, what's his name? Fuck, I can't. Guy. No, comedian. George Carlin joke yeah. where he's like, imagine how dumb the average person is and then just know that 50% of people are dumber than that. Yeah, yeah I mean, I know some dumb people and like, oh, Hey man, I worked oh at retail boy. for 15 years. You brave soul. Right? Yeah. That this explains is, a lot. This is why I'm a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Because of you people. <laughs> we just want to point out, not our listeners. No, absolutely Everybody not. else. Except, all, for, except for, well, I mean, you, you know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff. Have you seen the title of this fucking episode? I know. <laughs> I do not. I do not, you know. I Yeah. Good luck. Right. <clears throat> <clears throat> Uh, your practice for this one. Did you do your voice warm ups? <laughs> Say shillelagh seven times. <laughs> hey everyone, if you just can't get enough of the It's a Mimic podcast and want to join in the conversation, fear not. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, or at it. Oh, blah, 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 blah. You're really good at this. Yeah, I know. Thank you. <laughs> I got a little, I got a bit of piss and vinegar today. I don't know why. I was going to say, are you trying to top my sass today or like what's happening? I am in trouble, aren't I? (laughs) I'm a little tired. I don't really think I'm like really quite there. Mm. You better get your shit together. Oh, shit. What do we need, my guy? What do you need? Teaming up on Dave Day. Yeah. Because it's a good thing you're used to being double teamed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Phenomenal. Uh, all right, Kyle. It was you, right? Yeah, it was Yeah, me. okay. Is that your second nat 20? Mm-hmm. Nice.
I think you should try that uh, when we're actually playing D&D sometime. I do. I <clears throat> Try it every time. Really, I, yeah, I, well, yeah, I do. <laughs> I normally have really good luck when I'm not rolling on roll 20 and roll the dice in my room when we're playing online and nobody else can see my rolls. Yeah. yeah. I, I always roll on roll 20. We call that the Sean method. Yeah. Also yeah. Guppy. Well, we... Look, if Guppy gets to the end of the math problem, we call that a success. Yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, but Kyle, he's, yes. he's bad at math. He's one of those guys like, all right, what's 16 plus 5? Well, that's 30. Wait, no. Don't get, don't forget spelling. I'm pretty sure he can't Oh, read. my God. Yeah, no. I we're ripping on somebody I don't know. Oh. I cannot participate in this. And I also feel oh. bad. He spelled torch. T-O-U-R-C-H. Tarsh. Tarsh. That's right, Irish. <laughs> and I hate it. I like a good tarsh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the tarsh. <laughs> Oh, yeah, he's one of our guys in our Thursday group. He's been playing forever. Uh, He's the one that I've killed him of the last four character deaths. He's been three of them. Phenomenal. Uh, So he's the the druid that we're always, what's he doing? What's he doing? Oh, he's going to summon wolves and cast Shillelagh. Because that's what what druids do. Yeah. Anyways, anyways. Okay, we're on to the Swarm Keeper. Yeah, all right. What you got? So the quote from Tasha's is, I love insects. Organized, relentless, specialized champions, and aligning their single-mindedness, uh, single-minded will. Yeah. You know, I can read. No. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> Apparently I can't. So the quote from Tasha's is, I love insects. Organized, relentless, specialized champions, and aligning their single-mindedness. <sighs> I wrote single-mindedness, and I can't change it because it's on Google fucking Drive. Mindedness. <laughs> I love bugs. <laughs> Should have been the name of the episode. Yeah. I love bugs. <laughs> I, I love bugs. <laughs> Guys, we're so close. Sorry. Okay. Love. Uh, <laughs> so the swarm keeper. Uh, also, at third level, you get something called primeval awareness. You can sense whether... Dr- oh, is that what you're doing? Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you did a great job distracting me. <laughs> Sorry. Just... Yes, Kyle? Squeak. You have my attention now. Squeak. Yeah. Squeak. Yeah. Squeak. Squeak. You know, Kyle, there's good attention and bad attention. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Gentlemen. Just okay. Let's not fight today, Okay. You're not my real mom. You don't know. I'm not even your fake mom. (laughs) Sit down, son. (laughs) Fair point. (laughs) I'm already sitting down. (laughs) I'm already sat. Yeah. (laughs) We had a conversation. Oh, you were talking about starting an OnlyFans for your feet. Yeah, only toes. Yeah. Yeah. No soles, no heels. Nope. Just 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 toes. toes. Just toes. Yeah. I have a webbed toe, so I feel like it's going to be very, very niche. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think someone's really going to pay me a lot of money for that. Yeah. <laughs> Get into the sock game. Huh? I don't... I see, I... Mm, nah. Just bare feet. Toes. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you have to get those toe socks. Like, those ones that separate your toes. hmm Yeah. What? You don't know... You haven't you seen, never toes? seen toes? No, I know, I know what they are, but why can you only get... Those. Because because it's an only toes. So if you put socks oh, on, you're, you're covering up I your see. toes. So you would have to get the socks that separate your toes so that you still have toes within your socks. Yeah. What if you just made 
miniature socks that just go over each toe. No. I'm going to call those toe condoms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gotta play it safe, guys. It would be like the reverse of the hobo gloves. <laughs> it's actually... Tobo <laughs> gloves! <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually what you do with the tips when you cut off the fingers. Oh, oh yeah, there you go. Okay, okay. They turn into, like, toe condoms. Recycling, yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's like foot lingerie. You'd be like, <laughs> if you took a sock and then just cut the toes away, so your foot is covered and it only shows bare toe. I'm gonna Google if they have toe lingerie. <laughs> <laughs> This is great. Hold on. <laughs> Foot lingerie from Etsy. Let's see what it looks oh. like. Oh. It exists. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh, lacy. Mm. I like it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. So our new episode topic today. Feet. Feet. Yes. <laughs> and toe lingerie. Toe lingerie. Okay, I've learned something I, I need to unlearn. <laughs> <laughs> Got real weird real fast. It really did. <laughs> Apparently there yeah, there's a lingerie out there that specifically is built to give women camel toe. Oh, okay. Like, that's what it was built for, was to do that. That sounds... That's the wrong kind of toe lingerie. I, yeah, it was not... Yeah. not expect, I mean, I should have expected that when I said toe lingerie, but that's fine. <laughs> Only to, You know what? Yeah, yes. I need to unlearn it. Yep. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. You're welcome. <laughs> Can always count on you. Yeah, that's what I do. Thanks for listening. Bye.